A bumpy ride? A challenging ride? How about a wild ride? That's no mere catchy label. It's the title of a new report that examines 10 megatrends driving the future of payments. What conclusions does the report reach? And what's fueling that wild ride? To find out, we'll be talking with Tommy Marshall, FinTech lead for North America at Accenture. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. Come on in. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, and 2018 has gotten off to a fantastic start thanks to your loyalty. Today, on the program, we have Tommy Marshall. Tommy is Accenture's fintech lead for North America. He has spent 20-plus years in management consulting with a focus on digital financial services and fintech. His role at Accenture is to bring the company's depth in payments, banking, capital markets, insurance, finance, and regulation together with Accenture's fintech accelerators, liquid studios, and innovation labs to craft meaningful capabilities. Tommy, great to have you on the program today. Lou, thanks so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this since we were together at the BAI Beacon event in Atlanta. Right back at you. There would be no doubt to say we are at an unprecedented time in payments history. Maybe you could elaborate on that a little bit, what you see. I think that's true. We have entirely new, really significantly used payment types for the consumer. Of course, Venmo's been out there for a few years, but we've now got Zelle really coming across the marketplace. These are the P2P payment vehicles. We've got uh, more flowing investment in all the areas of the consumer and corporate card opportunities and all our big issuers looking for ways to thrive in the ever-competitive marketplace. And then, of course, you can't have one of these discussions today without mentioning cryptocurrencies and the fact that they are playing an important role in both new payment types and supporting traditional payment flows as well. We don't hear a lot about Generation Z, and yet there were trends identified in the report about their emerging role. Tell us about that. This payment study has been a very important one for us over the last four years. But we realized, particularly last year, that there wasn't a lot of changing in the patterns of the various payment instruments and how they were being utilized. And so this year, we took a different track, and it was like, let's go and do work to identify what we think will be those most influencing 10 megatrends as all of us are working to drive and define further the future of payments. So the first question I know for me as this came out was like, okay, remind me which generation this is, what is this group again? And it's that generation after the millennials. Most folks seem to kind of agree it's somewhere around year 2000. So the oldest member of a Gen Z generation is turning 18 this year. Welcome to your senior year of high school. And these folks are certainly remarkably different relative to the boomers. And I think even there's a degree of remarkable difference to the millennials. 28 percent of these Gen Z folks said they'd give up their friends or even money 
to simply keep their mobile phone for the day. When we look ahead to what Gen Z is going to be doing in the space that's different from millennials, what does the report identify? There's definitely going to need to be a redefinition of how we view payments today. We're kind of at this other major inflection point. And I don't have the crystal ball answers of, okay, what's that going to look like? But we see some interesting and maybe in some ways troubling kinds of behavioral preferences. One is that the Gen Z folks kind of view privacy as optional, and they're much more willing to share everything. They were 11 times more likely to share their payments info with anyone than the baby boomer generation. That's incredible. Yeah, incredible number, right? And then one conclusion I'm drawing from that right or wrong is like it's the baby boomers, of which I'm one, that are in the middle of really architecting or bringing into life right now today's payment capability. So, you know, here we are in the leadership positions and we are very different, very, very different in our behavior relative to those folks we're architecting for. So is that problematic or not? I don't know. That'd be a point of debate. But that was certainly an observation we had as we were thinking about this particular trend. And if those Gen Z kiddos are so low to give up their phones, there's certainly a borderline obsession with how they use them. And I love this trend too. UX is the new gold. And gold, <laughs> that certainly, you know, will spark attention in financial services. Why do we reach that conclusion? We know the amount of time the Gen Z folks are spending with their mobile phone. There is a higher degree of sophistication and sensitivity to how the user experience is built and crafted. And we know that the user experiences today are being refined, tweaked, modified on a daily basis. It's amazing. I mean, I think back to when I first got into consulting in the mid-90s, and it was at a time when we were creating the, you know, the online banking was a thing on the web, and it would take us a minimum of six months to get even pretty basic user experience changes made in the browser. Today, where you look at some companies with a very evolved development operations capabilities like Spotify and certainly Amazon and Capital One is a good example in financial services that will be doing user experience modifications and enhancements every day, maybe even twice a day. And they're doing that and making those investments because they're seeing really important improvements in their business cases on an even short-term basis as a result of those modifications. If you could pick one trend out of the report that you really find surprising or interesting, what would that be? I think it was really when I was seeing the efforts or the particular bits around fraud. And maybe I sound a bit naive here, but I had been appreciating deeply how invested, how cutting edge the fraudsters are. I guess I was hoping 
as someone who was helping drive through a lot of the EMV chip card efforts in the U.S. to get to that deadline, there was, okay, we'd see some increase in card not present, but not to the extent that we have seen it. And then, of course, as we've all seen just in the last year, the degree of sophistication in the fraud that's occurred in the type of attacks that have happened. And one thing we were kind of drawing attention to in the report in this whole area around what we were calling Trend 9, Fraudsters Innovate 2, was that if you, you know push down fraud in one area, you got to be ready for it to pop up in the other. Again, I was anticipating from like a card not present standpoint, but not to the degree that that's occurred. I mean, we looked at and saw that the 2018 forecast for global card fraud losses is targeted around $31 billion. And that's up from $13 billion five years ago. So that's like a 18% compound annual growth rate on fraud. I didn't expect it to be double digit over that time frame. We were calling attention to this synthetic identity fraud, where you have someone that participates in a breach gets an identity, then goes into the payments infrastructure, maybe through a private label card application or something, is successful in getting an account, and then begins to build a credit record with that account, then gets direct mail solicitations, takes out more credit, then does debt consolidation, gets more credit, then just repeats that process for a period uh, maybe a year or two, very sophisticated, very disciplined, not to just go in, steal, and leave, and then has the technical capabilities to replicate that model multiple, multiple times over in an efficient way. These fraudsters are taking advantage of the same technological trends that we were talking about at the beginning of our discussion to scale fraud. And that is, of course, very concerning and disconcerting and we've got to be better at addressing that effectively. Remarkably, too, back to the fintech point, there are more and more really marvelous fintechs that are coming forward to help better target and give us a defense and a way to get ahead of some of these innovative rushers. And if we're going to get ahead, this report really is a touchstone for that, a benchmark. Tommy, I want to thank you for sharing this with us. I want to encourage everybody listening to check out this Accenture report, Wild Ride Ahead, Driving the Future of Payments, 10 Megatrends. Tommy, thank you so much for being on the program today. Thanks, Lou. Great pleasure. Tommy Marshall is Accenture's fintech lead for North America. You can look for Tommy on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, While they don't come up as often as millennials, Generation Z, those born in 2000 and after, have an emerging role to play in the payment space. If millennials are digital natives, Gen Zs are mobile natives, fiercely dedicated to their smartphones. They also feel privacy is optional with their information. Both trends pave the way for a payments revolution. Number two. User experience is the new gold. Mobile is growing in ubiquity, sophistication, and sensitivity. 
UX changes and tweaks now routinely occur and must occur on a daily basis compared to a twice annual basis just a generation ago. And number three, fraudsters innovate too. They're invested, they're cutting edge, they're even moving beyond EMV chip cards, mastering the art of card not present theft and synthetic fraud, where they create false identities that milk money from banks over long periods of time. That's resulted in $31 billion in card losses, an 18% annual increase compared to just five years ago. BAI's Loan Review Certificate Program helps you gain the skills and expertise to make smart business decisions as you manage your organization's credit and loan portfolios. Save $200 when you register for our April course by March 15th. Use the code L20. Learn more at BAI.org slash seminars. And now BAI Banking Strategies brings you the aha moment where our podcast guest shines a light on that point in time where realization, revelation, or exploration made all the difference in their financial services career. What some people might refer to as beginner's luck might more accurately be labeled beginner's pluck when you look at the intelligence and grit that went into the effort. Here, Tommy Marshall talks about how a once little known force called a web browser back in his graduate school days led him to the career path he follows to this day. Listen. I got to business school right when Netscape was about to go public. And I could see there was likely going to be a meaningful impact of this web tool thing on financial services. I joined the investment club at my graduate school. The folks you would imagine or the majority of that club are the people that are going to go and be part of the investment banking profession. So I bet on Nescape in the challenge. And if you know the history of that IPO, I won hands down. <laughs> in fact, they tried to disqualify me. And I was like, what are you talking about? I mean, I made a fantastic pick here and it went up massively. So I said, listen, why don't you let me use this Netscape tool and see if I can create something that would allow us to monitor our portfolio. And so I taught myself HTML and I figured out where I could get something we completely take advantage of today. You can see it in a split second on your mobile phone. But that was very exciting for me. And that just really sparked a really great fascination and what we then were beginning to call online financial services, and today we call fintech. And I think it will continue to transform how we do business through the rest of my career. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. And 2018 is a great time to do a number of things through BAI.org. First of all, if you haven't done so, subscribe to our daily newsletter. It's free to sign up. And be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter to stay up to date on BAI's latest and greatest. You can catch me on LinkedIn. Be sure to connect. I'm Lou Carloso, the managing editor of BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.